Small piece of kid man of culture, as y'all can see. <laughs> Just don't ask me to name any countries. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're so smart? Name every country. <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> oh, yeah? You think you're so smart? Name every blockchain launching in 2023. Fuck. <laughs> oh, is there a few? I'm aware. Oh, there will be, though. Uh, there, there's, there's some many laundry lists, but I think a lot of them are our rugs, you know, ourselves included, but still. Some rugs are made more equal than others. Today I'm gonna to show you how to make a rug. All right, well, um, it is rolling like you like you asked. Are you gonna kick it off? I was editing the last episode and I, I'm just such a flat opener, you know? I just don't have the energy, you got the vibes. Okay. <laughs> He's got that W Riz. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I feel so, like, uncultured around these people. Like I was saying, this man is cultured out the wazoo, eh? <laughs> I'm a man of the people, Chup. Smokey, do you want to open the podcast for us? <laughs> <laughs> I should. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Should I open? If you want. Uh, okay, I can, I, can, I can hit a little opener. I can give that a go. Ooh, the good yeah. stuff. That's a good job, said Smokey the Bear. Bears is preferred, good sir. Honey. Honey. Bears is wonderful. Uh-huh, honey. Hello, and uh, furthermore, Uga Booga. This is your resident Booga in Chief, Smokey the Bear, right here with the boys, Tez, Goosey, Chupe, FW. We're going to do a little talky-talking on the Honeycast. I don't really know what I'm supposed to say after this, so I'm going to hand it over to the pros. That was perfect. That yeah. was so good. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> We've got a big episode today. We are joined by the Commander-in-Chief, mm-hmm. Smokey the Bear. Yeah, welcome, welcome. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm just showing, sirs. Um, the bears have been hard at work over the break, paws down, glued to the screens as per usual, you know, stirring some nonsense in the various community discords. Uh, Papa Bear recently set a, a record in the, the Bearadrome minigame, which I think is going to be fully revealed to the world shortly. Mm-hmm. He was quite sad when his record that was about 69,420 on, on this game uh, was not stored. So he's he's protesting as a result. I think that we may have to send the token to Valhalla as protest. <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know what? The break has been good. The Bears are, are balling. Um, getting ready for some fun stuff next year. So, you know, all as well as can be. I did see Papa kind of protesting in the Bearadrome Discord, but I wasn't sure if he was just flexing and he hadn't actually achieved that score. But I mean, if you, if you say no, so. So, you know, one of, um, one of Papa's like, you know, side hobbies or, you know, his, I, I think everyone has, I think a lot of founders have a little like autistic tendency that they lean into that, you know, is a sort of, you know, odd superpower. Um, Papa just tends to be really good at pub stomping in, in odd video games. Like, just random fucking video games, so just be top ten in the world in. And many yeah, right. times when we're on a call, or in the middle of just doing work, he'll just be, like, you know, doing that at the same time. Just, just stomping kids somewhere in an international country. So, yeah, um, he takes pride in his, his casual gaming abilities. <laughs> oh, wow. It's impressive. It's a little SBF vibe, though, like playing a video game while uh, oh. doing, doing yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is he's actually good at it. Uh. <laughs> he, made, he made it out of bronze. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to we're gonna take the, the jail tour soon. You know, just got to check out all the nice ones, figure out where we want to go, blah, 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 you know. But no, Papa likes his pub stomping. The Beardrome game is, was um, fun, very cursed, but fun. I, I think it gave yeah. me motion sickness. Good content. Yeah, I was struggling with it. I found it really hard to play. 
So I don't know how the physics just didn't make sense. Yeah, that's it. What the fuck am I doing? What score did you get? Like, like, why am I going backwards? (laughs) Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, I I don't even know what score I got. I was, I was shocking. I was like, I suck at this. I'll leave it to the pros, like Papa. We haven't even said hello. (laughs) We should check in on F Dub and Troop. How are you guys doing? How are you, F Dub? Hello, sir. GM, doing well. Hello, boys. For sure, excited to be here with Smoke. What are you saying, Smoke? Where you been, Doug? Doug, we uh, we've been in the trenches as per usual, sir. But um, you know, the boys are were relatively heads down for a while, working on a little bit of everything. Honestly, there's been a whole bunch of stuff happening on the regulatory front that's worth keeping an eye on. There's been, of course, the the whole FDX debacle, which happened as we were towards the tail end of a of a fundraise that we were getting through. Most of the party goers were young men with nerdy style, ordering bottles of expensive champagne only to shower in it. However, a year later, these party goers have completely disappeared following the collapse of FTX. You know, luckily, I think we've been really happy to work with some some really solid folks on the investment side and on our cap table. So, um, you know, FTX didn't really didn't really cause too many people to get shook. A couple angels here and there, you know, but by and large, it was a pretty smooth process. And we had things closed out before uh, before the majority of, you know, the storm hit. So, you know, my my shouts out to anyone fundraising in this environment. It's definitely not a fun time. But those who, who make it out and who do good stuff will um, will really, I think, stand to reap the benefits of it. Like, you know, uh, the whole, <laughs> whole uh, hard times create strong men or perhaps in this time, you know, strong protocols kind of thing. So yeah, that that's sort of what we were pretty heads down on, man. And then have been slowly but stealthily growing the team. And um, you know, I think we'll have some some exciting stuff to reveal there in the the not too far future. You guys have probably already seen some leaks of that. Like for example, you know, Sammy from Redact has joined the team and is doing a lot of good stuff with us. I think a lot of you guys are already familiar with him. Um, but there's more uh, similar additions on the way. All right, I saw Never from Redacted had joined the team. I didn't know Sammy was officially yeah. a bearer now, a bearer chain worker. Yes, sir. Oh, cool. Yeah, Sammy's in the trenches with the guys. He's um, he's got some great ideas. Okay, stop, stop talking for a What's second. What's happening, Sammy? Shut up, shut up. Okay, keep talking. He's always turning out cool stuff, and I think he has a pretty adaptive mindset to going from you know building a protocol that is multifaceted to building a chain that is similarly multifaceted. So um, always fun to work with him. Oh, awesome! Oh, that's great. Bullish. Bullish, indeed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Goose and I know Sammy fairly well. Had a few chats. He's a nice guy. And then I think a lot of the other thing is just really keeping an eye on on where the ecosystem is right now, right? Like, um, not necessarily just bear chain, but, you know, crypto as a whole. What are people actually able to do? What are people leaning into versus not? Are NFTs live? Is NFT Fi going to live? Is it going to be, you know, RWA season? Are people scared from a reg point of view? What's happening to all these protocols that are somewhere between, you know, 500k and 5 million TVL that have just sort of been existing off of emissions, but are now struggling in a market with a lot less just, um, I'd say, gross volume, if you will. So um, there's been a lot of just uh, seeing where where things are going and trying to stay a couple couple steps ahead of the curve, right? For the Canadians in the audience, the whole idea of, you know, skate to where the puck is going as opposed to just chasing it, you know? <laughs> That's a very good expression. Chibi's like, the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah. Yeah. like, ah. Watch out, boy. It's knuckle puck time. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I'm like, you're, you're, you're right. I've been with the Toronto Mans lately. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, oh, Wagwan Shirty, what are you saying right now? You're blessed? You're blessed? Say what well, I hear actually blessed right now. Yeah, that's sort of the TLDR of, um, of what's been happening. It's better than our expressions. <laughs> you know, when I was in uh, in SF a couple of years back, um, a good buddy who was going through a similar program with us was uh, was an Australian dude. And he and I spent like a, a couple of days like educating each other about slang. And you're like, I, I taught this guy how to talk like a Toronto man, which, uh, you know, I, I feel really bad for any of his friends and family after that. <laughs> 
Yo, what's going on, fam? You good, fam? You saying, fam? Before I was saying fam, I was saying bro, and before I was saying bro, I was saying dog. And a dog and a bro is still your fam, so I just took away the dog, took away the bro, and now I say fam. But <laughs> he, he taught me a couple like choice Aussie words, but I think the, the largest piece of knowledge that he imparted, and I'll apologize in advance for, for bad words, is he was like, you know, depending on what, what prefix you append to the word cunt, it means a whole variety of different things. It's like true, if you say true. someone's a sick cunt, that can be a good thing. Or like a mad cunt, that can be like a good thing. But if you call someone a dog cunt, that's like the worst thing ever, something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. And then he was telling me that like, you know, body count was equivalent of like uh, roots or something like that. Uh, I don't recall exactly what that one was. Yeah, it was like, a tree-like <laughs> word. Oh, that, yes, that was... Having a root. Yes, having a root. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah. 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 Yes. I thought yeah, he was going yeah, into yeah. like the fullest I was like, wow. expressions. Nice. Like, <laughs> one of our expressions of like we we need to get on with things. He's like, we're not here to fuck spiders. Ah, uh, yes. We're not here to fuck spiders. Have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have. For those oh, who maybe don't stuff. understand what that means, it's you guys spider. got some interesting expressions. Yeah, it's because spiders have so many legs, right? So it's like, you know, fucking spiders. Yeah, yeah. You get it. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into too much detail. We were, talk- we were talking the other day, and we're talking about sandals. Yeah, they call sandals. sandals. They call sandals uh, thongs or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. you're kidding Let's- me. Flip flops are thongs. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, bro, yeah. I got my I got my girl some thongs the other day. I could have swore they called them floppers or flippies or something. What? That's an old name. I'd have called them chazwazers. Flipping floppers or flippies. Uh, it's a good suggestion, but thongs is definitely is staying put. I was actually, I actually got a pair at my feet right now. Pair of heavies. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, it's summer here. A pair yeah, of the expats must be must be pretty confused by that one. I think so. There's definitely some weird crossover communication when, <laughs> when North Americans come over here. <laughs> you you want to buy me what? <laughs> Put what on your feet? <laughs> Listen, it's 2022, man. Send feet pics. All right. Well, we, we actually wrote a bunch of questions that we could ask you um, if you're willing to answer them. Some some you may not have answers to right now because um, I know everything's still a bit guarded. But if we can throw some stuff at you. Or you could just like email us the white paper. You yeah. can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. What is it? It's, uh, you you motherfuckers don't think it's a white paper. Small dick energy at kettlelife.com. Yeah, that's it. Small dick energy at kettlelife.com. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like the burn address of Web2. You just sent shit there. How dare you? Okay. So, okay. I'll ask this question for any new listeners or, or new bears in the audience who may be listening and haven't really heard yeah, you recently. Yeah. Is bear chain real? I'm sorry. What? You tell me the bears built a blockchain? This guy crazy. No, no, bear chains is nowhere close to real. It's, it's an elaborate hoax, social experiment. We've been sponsored by Harvard Business School, Stanford Business School, you know, all the good stuff. Sorry, Stanford Graduate School <laughs> Business. I should be much more specific there. Um, this is just, you know, a large social experiment in the mania of crowds, um, you know, mimetic desire, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Um, definitely not, uh, you know, an EVM compatible L1 blockchain built on top of the Cosmos SDK using proof of liquidity consensus. Nowhere close to that. And that wraps it up this week. That's so all we had. Have... <laughs> <laughs> that and with questions. that piece of news. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> this podcast was an Ooga Booga production. You're going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss that copy pasta. Remember like the one where it's like, that was the last pump ever. You're going to die. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's feeling that way a bit. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. I don't think things have pumped in a while either. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's, it started feeling too real maybe. We're all going to die together out here. <laughs>
He shouldn't have come here. Who named Bear Chain? Bear Chain. Bear Chain. Bear Chain. Was it you or was it Papa or was it? That's a that's a really good question. I. You know, I think we kind of cumulatively came to the name, though I can't remember it for sure. Papa came up with the name Bong Bears 100% because I had actually been a proponent for Baked Bears because I was like, Bong Bears just sounds too weird. And then then I came to appreciate it very quickly. (laughs) But I think Bear Chain was something that was sort of like a, I think it was a a team effort on that one because we tried a number of bear-themed names. Like we played around with like the Polar Express and Kodiak something something. And like, you know, we were looking up, you know, words for bear in other languages um, and Ursa just felt a little bit too on the nose slash like a little bit too obvious, you know? So I think we were just like, you know what? This is kind of funny. Uh, and early on in the Discord, it, like, you know, we hadn't first called it Bears, right? Like we had just made it like, you know, Bong Bears. And then someone came into the Discord being like, Ooga Booga Bonga Bera. <laughs> and I don't know who the fuck that was to this very day. But like we, we, we lost our shit laughing at that. We just thought it was the funniest thing. And uh, and we kind of like the, said, okay, you know, we're we're the Barras. People like the Barras. Barra chain seems like a relatively natural and easy to pick up extension of this. So let's roll with it. Nice. Oh wow! I might have to dig through the archives and see yeah. who was the first to to say Uga Booga Bonga Barra. You doing it right? He's getting honestly. It will take me fifteen seconds. Yeah, fair journalism mode. Nice. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it could organically come to that then for Barra chain. Actually. In saying that, though, because when you talk to, I don't know, VC types and, and when you're doing fundraising, is the name, does it throw people through a loop a little bit? They're like, what, what are you calling this? Bearer chain? Does that, do you ever have any of those conversations? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had a couple of them, but we've never had them with people who like matter. Okay. Cool. <laughs> in that, like, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting in that I think that, you know, the crypto space sort of um, adjusts for a level of wackiness, uh, you know, out of the gates, I think, right? Um, I think in many cases, it's led to one of two things, right? In some cases, it'll lead to people not being as open to or not being as, you know, predisposed to take a meeting in that they'll be like, okay, what the fuck is this? Like bear smoking weed chain, haha, right? Yeah. Um, and they'll think it's a meme at first, which is totally fine. You know, I take, we take responsibility for having played into that a little bit. And then on the other hand, there's people who are like, hey, this is this is really cool. This is hilarious. There's a kind of cool, you know, positioning here that makes it fun and, and means that natives will get it. And, you know, it perhaps still also has some of the upside from the mimetic value side that one is seen with, you know, Dogecoin and Sheeb and blah, 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 right? Like, I, I don't think that's how we're trying to position ourselves by any means, to be quite clear. But it's more that, you know, there's, when you think about retail adoption at the end of the day, if you think if retail people are going to adopt, you know, bear chain versus, uh, like, I'm like, just to pick an example at random, like near, right? Like, I, I think one of those is actually probably easier to, to grok than the other, just from a, um, you know, haha, this seems interesting point of view. But yeah. that could just be my inherent bias playing into it, right? The most important idea in advertising is... What have I got? But yeah, like, you know, we, t- we actually talked to a couple of fairly prominent fund managers before we, you know, landed on the name. And we were just like, hey, would this block you guys from making a eight, nine figure investment at a later point? Like, would you guys have an issue with, with Barachain? And they're like, nah, like, <laughs> if the product's good, if the tech's good, if, the, you know, if there's the right signs of traction, well, don't care what the name is, right? As long as it's not something blatantly problematic. So yeah, people have been pretty chill with it, man. Definitely the raised eyebrow here and there, but overall pretty solid. It's good to know people get it. People seem to vibe with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just reflecting. I'm thinking about some of the names in my head. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there was like a point a while ago where like you were maybe thinking of other names. And like, I, I remember seeing the message like Sierra for the blockchain. It was like, there's there's so many things you have to factor in when you, when you try and make a name. And I think sticking with Bear Chain surprisingly worked. 
Yeah, and I guess we will, we will, we will really see about that as we you know go beyond a, a somewhat crypto native audience and and you know try to get into the retail world um, because I think there are very few blockchains that have actually done that right. Like I think people know Ethereum. I think sometimes people know Polkadot. Um, I think few and far between, but perhaps devs um, know Cosmos in general a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But if I had to think about the number of people who I know that know things that are not, I guess those are of course Solana, um, yep. and that you know largely propped up by the amount of sort of celebrity slash uh, retail focus there. I, I don't know that many people who are you know thinking about. Or I guess, sorry, Luna is also totally in the mix or was in the mix um, because of the degree of retail adoption there. But if you think about a lot of the other Altel 1 slash EVM compatible ones, just none of them really broke out there, right? So I I guess that'll be the real test of how the name slash branding works at scale, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but time will tell on that one. No, I hear you on I hear you on that. You touched about something really quickly, uh, talking about other EVM chains or other chains specifically in the Cosmos Hub. That's been gaining steam and momentum sort of on CT uh, and in the space the past couple of months. And with Bear Chain, you guys seem to have had that vision pretty early on of utilizing you know, the IBC, the SDK, and all that stuff. What are your thoughts on the current app chain thesis and the development of the Cosmos Hub? Okay, Bearers, for those who are new to these concepts, let me run through them real quick. IBC stands for Inter-Blockchain Communication. It's a protocol to handle authentication and transport of data between two blockchains. The Cosmos SDK is an open source framework for building multi-asset public proof-of-stake blockchains. And the AppChain thesis is the renaissance occurring over in the Cosmos ecosystem, where applications and builders have made the decision to build their own application-specific chain. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I think that we were a little bit underwhelmed uh, at a high level by Adam 2.0. And I I still think that Cosmos has a lot of political defragmentation, if that makes sense. East side is the best. West side is the best. In that the history is a little bit messy at times. There's a lot of very passionate builders who are working on interesting things. But in many cases, those things are sort of a copy of what already exists in other EVM chains. Or in many cases, they are five different chains working on the same broad concept with like 80 to 90% overlap, and then there's like, you know, 10% difference across each of those chains, which is, I suppose, okay if you're, you know, thinking about chains as equivalent to protocols almost, or, you know, DAP chains as equivalent to protocols, but I don't necessarily know if that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? So my broad view on the Cosmos Hub and that thesis is that I think it may have caught a little bit too fast after Terra flushed and whatnot. And I think that, you know, it's at the stage where it's very, it's great in concept, but a little bit, um, it's a little bit rougher in application in that, you know, I think the environment is not very risk on as of yet. And especially if people are trying to push the needle um, on trying new things, whether that be exotic derivatives, whether that just be higher utility or better bundling of app chains. And and I'd say their various product offerings, it just really isn't quite there yet. And then there's a lot of work that also has to be done on the interoperability side when one thinks about crossing over onto the EVM uh, ecosystem as well. And that's actually what, what Dev Bear and a lot of the engineering team have spent quite a bit of time on uh, in terms of, I guess, you know, I will probably butcher the, the explanation itself, but the, the best way of thinking about it is the middleware of the glue between IBC and EVM uh, to make it possible to, um, you know, I think have the two mesh interact in a much more seamless manner than we currently see um, with the IB, uh, IBC slash EVM, um, you know, compatible chains, right? So I think that, uh, yeah, like TLDR is great in concept, tougher in, in application. I think that perhaps like in, in the next six to 12 months, I think it'll be kind of rough and, and kind of, you know, 
a little bit of a, a wild west in general in terms of what happens in the cosmos hub but i think that if you look to like two three years so on so forth there'll be a lot of potential there yeah no that's great and then you know you got to give hats off to dev on that because you know dev was on the the cosmos fanboy like train before i think it became cool right like i think that that sort of popped off after like you know the, the delphi articles and a bunch of people started like you know talking about um, or knowing that celestia existed so on and so forth like mustafa one of the founders is you know one of our earliest seed investors and like sort of dev got cosmos pilled fairly early right so i think that it was really helpful there in allowing us to better understand the ecosystem and also uh, get to know some of the key players before it became like the in thing you know what i mean because like i think that the degree of development in ibc right now is perhaps reaching a point of diminishing returns in terms of like that amount of product overlap that i mentioned like i don't know how many different dexes we need right and and i say that somewhat ironically as a chain that has a dex built into them right so you know, I just think that there are there are probably more interesting things that could be done and, and they're getting there. Right. We're starting to see more interesting like NFT protocols as well. We're starting to see effectively like on chain ETFs. We're starting to see, you know, stuff that's a little bit more like urine. So I think like they're they're building out a lot of the equivalents, but there's still a long ways to go in terms of string those things together as one does on mainnet or, you know, Ethereum mainnet, I should say. A lot to unpack that. I guess I'm wondering as well when you said like Dev was pretty early on and getting on board or being Cosmos pilled, how far along the line was that? Like, had mm -hmm. you guys come up with the concept for Barachain before you kind of started messing around with Cosmos, or was it kind of a meeting of both at the same time? Yeah. So, you know, I think that, you know, we came up with the core idea of what we wanted to do and having a chain that's secured by a variety of different assets as opposed to a single staking token in the very earliest iterations of the chain. And you guys might recall way back in the day, you know, this is a system in which it would be secured effectively by, you know, I'd say more volatile LP tokens, right? So it'd be like a Barra ETH LP token that's actually staked to secure the network and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that, you know, over time, it was a little bit more refined. And I think that upon digging into what the staking modules would actually look like, Dev and the, the engineering team realized that the Cosmos SDK gave us the, the best sort of springboard for doing that in a manner that would maximize long-term interoperability, such that, you know, if we want this to last for seven, 10, 20, what have you years, you know, you'd be able to build the most uh, the most things on top of it and have it as composable as possible. So, you know, with that in mind, I really do think that uh, that decision was probably made like within the first month or two of, of Bear Chain existing. So Bear Chain exists, eh? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I've given up. The, <laughs> the ruse is up. But yeah, yeah, like uh, Dev's a tech purist first and foremost. And I think that, you know, from his classical background in terms of, you know, having gone to school for software engineering, having, you know, worked at, at leading, you know, software development companies, he saw that the Cosmos SDK had the most potential. So I think that was a pretty good call pretty early on. You know, I'd like to see that age well. You telling me a bear built this chain? Without doxing or anything, I am curious to know, and maybe everyone does already know this, like, do you and Dev go way back? Did you guys meet before the bears? Yeah, yeah. So um, each of Dev and Papa and I have known each other for the better part of the last decade. Uh, Dev and I, you know, went to university together. You know, uh, we actually had mutual friends from before that, from high school and whatnot. Uh, so have known off each other and then known each other for quite a long time. Uh, and same deal with Papa. It's very oh, wholesome. That's so wholesome. Yeah, that's not the same thing. It's so wholesome. So sweet. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, it's interesting though, because like you know, as I'm working on a, another thing internally, which I can talk a little bit more about later, um, you know, basically spinning up an internal accelerator for for interesting projects. One of the things that we spend a lot of time thinking about is is actually co-founder fit, right? I think one of the things that you see the least in DeFi crypto and in, in general is perhaps a more classical co-founder makeup where people have worked together for a few years at a different at like you know a large company or something perhaps they led some product team 
then realized that that you know area that they worked on in that Web two product space could actually be quite interesting to explore within Web three. I, I hate saying Web three, but you know what I mean, like within crypto, etc. Right, and then said, okay, cool, we'll we'll spin off, we'll do our own thing, we'll go, we'll make it happen. Right. I think in many other cases, uh, in in the current meta, especially when it comes to anonymous protocols or anonymous founders. People just kind of find each other on Twitter, find each other online, on Discord, whatever it is, and get introduced by a friend of a friend. And they're like, hey, let's start this together, which is is great. Um, and I think allows for some really interesting combinations that you probably would not see otherwise. Um, but sometimes also comes with its own, you know, mix of issues. And that sometimes, you know, groups that haven't worked together for a long time and then jump into something as crazy as, as founding a company or founding a protocol, you know, it, it doesn't always go swimmingly. So with that, you know, I think not having that scar tissue can also be... Like, like if, if you look at the vast majority of startups, um, one of the largest failure modes or one of the most popular failure modes is co-founder disputes slash co-founder breakups, right? Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see as the space matures, uh, whether more people actually, you know, end up founding or, or working on things with people that they've known for a long time. Uh, I know that probably sounds, you know, ridiculously obvious slash, you know, like something that just almost should be a given, but I think you'd be surprised at how many times it's just not even a factor. It's just like, okay, cool. This guy's business guy. This guy's like developer guy. This guy like does design or something. Let's roll, right? Um, and and that doesn't know is uh, doesn't know is age well. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for thirty percent. I'm coming back for everything. Yeah, I mean that is a great strength that you guys have, and I, I imagine that is so rare to find in the space. And and that's much like Goose and myself. We knew each other before we started a podcast Way together. Back. So yeah, years before nice. we got into Web three. So that's why. Played We've, AFL together growing up. <laughs> Not from that state. That's why we have such a strong foundation. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'll stop. You're listening to The Honeycast. The Honeycast, a podcast for bearers to fool them into believing this fake ooga booga chain is actually real. Back to the show. I got something for uh, some, got some questions for dogs. Hello. Ah, yes. Important three questions. Tubes just like a lot of a ball. As business developer and a, no, as business developer and a co-founder, Smokey, how, uh, what do you think you've learned so far? Like your biggest lesson, your biggest takeaway from all this? Huh, and what you would that, do different, uh, essentially? Oh, that's that's an interesting one. I think that perhaps the the biggest one I've learned uh, is not to to underestimate people who come from non traditional backgrounds, right? And this is one of the things that I think we clash about internally every now and then, right? Like it's, it's very easy to be dismissive of people who are just like building something off the cuff or, you know, who like to take things lightly and ser- and, and not so seriously. And it's, it's very easy to be like, oh, like fuck these guys. Like they're not like X or Y, right? Or they do not have this pedigree or this prestige. But I found that, you know, every now and then you, you meet an incredibly talented dev or an incredibly smart group of people who've just kind of been doing things off the cuff for a long time without needing the, uh, the brand per se. Right. And, if I had to put this in a in a non PC slash, uh, you know, in the way that I almost most commonly state it, it's it's don't discount the whoa, whoa. right? Like it's it's like you know don't count out the people who are goofing off and having a fun time and who are are not super buttoned up because sometimes they really do have the best stuff. So yeah, I guess that that's one thing, and I guess that also ties into anonymous culture to some extent. The other thing is, I, and I don't think this is a particularly new learning, but I think it's just one that that tends to apply in general, which is to say like you know always tend to budget for twice as much and twice as long as, as one expects. And I think that perhaps most importantly, and I, I think uniquely to the crypto space, is like you have to be able to figure out how to change and adapt to things on the fly. Um, because, you know, the space never really sleeps, even when it is a bear market and when things are slower like they are right now. You know, 
there's still so much happening behind the scenes that I think that, you know, you, you miss a week, you miss two weeks, and sometimes the, the, the scene is completely different, right? Like, shout out to anyone that was off the grid when FTX happened. Hey, what I miss! But, like, I think that, I think that you know, uh, the degree of awareness you need here is, is a lot higher than, uh, and perhaps attention uh, is a lot higher than, than one might have in other spaces. So um, learning to sort of attune yourself to that feels pretty important as well. Great lessons to be learned for anyone, up-and-coming devs. And again, I'm going to throw to the podcast. You have a, a background in medicine, which is completely useless for podcasting, but <laughs> you somehow make it work. <laughs> You're that waste of a degree. <laughs> they don't really inter- intertwine much, those two worlds, do they? No, but if you have any like lingering medical questions at the moment, Smokey, this is a good opportunity. I mean, uh, doctors are notoriously bad for <laughs> ad investing, so maybe it's a it's a bad omen that I'm here. I can oh, a bad omen. I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, why is my brain so smooth? <laughs> I know I'm supposed to cut something, but what? And where? Yeah, Smokey, you uh, you alluded to another project you were working on on Chain. I don't know if you wanted to share more on that or if you were waiting to hold out on us. Yeah, actually, this might be a, a good way to, to start spreading the word to people who are paying attention. Alpha! Alpha alert! You know, one of the things that I found in the DeFi space, or I, I keep on saying DeFi by sort of instinct, because I guess that's what I spend a lot of time thinking about. But the crypto space as a whole, I think, um, has been kind of lacking is a um, an effectively structured and, and well-built accelerator program. I know that there's a whole bunch of different ones that exist, and I think that all of them are attempting to move the ball, you know, forward in the right manner, and and you know are trying to push the envelope a little bit. But I, I don't think that they've been done right to date in terms of I don't think that the incentives between the the funders of those programs and the companies themselves are necessarily well aligned. I don't think that in many cases they are actually teaching groups how to build long term lasting projects and. and Things that can be built like a company as opposed to, you know, as opposed to something living off emissions for as long as possible till attention dries. Right. So what we're looking at building internally uh, and myself and, and Sammy are sort of taking point on this within BearChain. And I suppose it'll, it'll be its own separate org, but it'll be, you know, associated with the foundation is something that for now we're sort of calling the Build-A-Bear workshop. And the idea is to build like a, a Y Combinator for the best products in the bear chain ecosystem. Um, and perhaps in the future that could expand a little bit beyond that. And, you know, it could be for projects that are going to start on bear chain, go omni-chain, what have you. But nonetheless, we want to be able to to get the, the best and brightest early stage builders and put them through a program that gives them... I'd say the exposure and the scar tissue that we wish we had when we were starting out. I think both as, as founders in general, but broadly uh, as, as people working in the crypto space, right? And I think that, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things that boils down to. Uh, on one hand, it's effective mentorship and, and leadership and being able to, you know, bounce ideas off people who have seen a lot of different things. Um, somehow I find myself in that position, even though I'm pretty dumb. But that's what we have Sammy to, to balance that out. Yo, Smokey, stop. Stop talking for a What's second. What's happening, Sammy? Shut up, shut up. Okay, keep talking. But, you know, that's that's one of the things that we want companies to be able to do, which is to say, you know, bounce ideas around, help sort of get guided away from making mistakes before they make them after us having, you know, seen a number of folks uh, do things right and wrong. I think also being exposed to subject matter specific uh, mentorship, because I think that, you know, 
if someone's building an exotic options protocol, right, I don't necessarily think they have the most to learn from, you know, someone who's built a, a money market or someone who's built, you know, a yield swaps protocol or something, right? Like, I think it's about getting them in front of people who built similar, I'd say, similar instruments or similar mechanisms, whether that be in a TradFi or ideally in a crypto space, um, if the product has been done well enough in the past. So I think, you know, getting people in front of those mentors is really important and making sure they have the appropriate degree of handholding. Um, and, and in many cases, getting in front of mentors who are just, you know, a year or two or perhaps six to 12 months ahead of them. Because an interesting parallel that you see in, in you know, the TradFi space or, you know, in Web2, if you will, is sometimes advice from people, you know, five to 10 years ahead of you is really useful, but they've lost a little bit of perspective of what it's like to be in the trenches slash be building something at a very early stage. The nice thing is that crypto is so nascent or a lot of these, you know, like a lot of these dApps are so nascent that many of them are at that, you know, one to two year of maturity time frame, right? With some exceptions that are a little bit older, like uni and compound and so on and so forth, right? So um, it's actually not too hard to find people who are in that sweet spot where they still remember what it's like in the early stage and you know just getting stuff off the ground but they also have figured out what it takes to scale something so yeah we're looking to, to take you know we're playing with the exact numbers but i think we're ballparking around 20 companies a year um, this is definitely subject to change in a couple of batches you know we'll be providing both capital you know for those companies along with i'd say a fair fair bit of work on the intangible side that you know i'll, I'll happily you know expound on in the future but the idea is to really make their lives easier from a back office point of view and infrastructure point of view and then i think perhaps most importantly over the course of the program the idea is figuring out you know what does product market fit look like? How do you tell if you're actually building something that, that people want and people will use? Ironically, one of the best ways of doing this at times is seeing if you can actually get usership without a token, right? Which is perhaps counterintuitive to, to so much that we've seen recently, but nonetheless is actually a sign that, that something is there, right? Like, you know, OpenSea has obviously raised at a, a crazy valuation in, in the, in the, in the uh, private markets, etc. Um, and of course, there's people, you know, <laughs> farming in the hopes of uh, an OpenSea token uh, in the future. But one thing that is undeniable is that they still have a ridiculous amount of activity and generate revenue without a token issue to date, right? And I think the same can be said of certain ecosystems. So, sorry, getting back to the main point, you know, finding PMF, building something people want, um, understanding how to build a team, you know, how to hire effectively, how to actually build culture within that team and something that can, can last and can grow, how to do that in a remote environment, which I think is increasingly common in the crypto space, you know, how to actually, you know, refine your product over time, how to get the right degree of feedback from users, and also getting connected to a number of different folks in the partnerships side that might be able to help those people get the spotlight that they need and those protocols, you know, get the connections that they need to, to actually scale well. And then perhaps either most or least important, depending on who you ask, um, how to actually run a tight fundraising process. I think we've seen a lot of, you know, people with with protocols that have solid traction and, and, you know, just good ideas and a lot of potential and strong teams that end up sort of shooting themselves in the foot over the course of a fundraising process by not knowing how to run it efficiently, right? How to take meetings in parallel, how to induce a healthy but honest degree of FOMO, right? And so on and so forth. So I think that that's the last thing that we want to really be able to help with, which is teaching people how to do that. Um, and that goes, I think, far beyond just putting together a deck. Uh, and then culminating that all into a demo day of sorts. So, you know, if if this shapes up to our vision, then I think that it'll basically mean that there'll be a number of different projects coming out of this accelerator that'll be building the future of, of really cool stuff on BearChain. So I'm pretty excited to get that off the ground and uh, has been consuming a lot of uh, a lot of bandwidth and, you know, what little headspace I have recently. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. What was the name you had working with Sammy again? What was it called? The Bearer Builder. What was it called? <laughs> yeah, we got the, the Build... 
Build-A-Bear a workshop for now. You know how they have like, um, like Build-A-Bears? Like in America, they build their teddy bears. That you can build still like customize and put the stuffing in yourself and all that stuff? Yeah. It's, ah. Exactly. It goes pretty hard, right? You got nice. stuff you want to build, you build it with a bear. Build a bear workshop where best gifts are made. Exactly, oh, exactly. So, um, like yeah, I think that's, uh, that's sort of how things are looking at the moment, fellas. Smokey, you're a man of culture, you know? You like anime. Is it almost yeah. like Jiraiya Sensei and Naruto? You're sort of like mentoring? Could you, could you <laughs> make that sort of connection? Bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei! Okay. Yeah, I think there's there's a there's a solid you know shot of that in there. You know, Piccolo and Gohan. You know, Jiraiya and Naruto, oh, yeah. Beerus and Goku, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Just um, <laughs> except we're, I think we're considerably dumber than all the the mentors quoted here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe similarly cursed senses of humor in some cases, but no, like you know, we we just want to be able to provide people with the resources that we wish we had and the resource that we think should ideally be available to strong teams to just really go out and, and build shit unencumbered right without thinking about as many of the things that just tend to burn cycles without being highly productive are you able to leak or announce anyone that may be signed up to the build a bearer program or is that still hush hush yeah so you know to date we haven't you know formally done any sort of intake um i okay. think that there's certainly protocols that we know quite well some of which we've already indicated you know or just in regular catch-ups and whatnot have said hey you know you guys might be might be at a good stage to apply for this but really, it's meant to be for anything pre-launch is, is sort of my uh, the way I'm thinking about it. You know, it could be a couple people at the ideation stage who have some some really cool things in mind. Uh, it could be folks with just a front end built out or a wireframe or a deck in a dream kind of thing. Right. Or it could be a protocol that's really live on some sort of a testnet. And they're just thinking about what happens when it comes to showtime. So, you know, nothing formally uh, in took <laughs> as of yet. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that we will probably hear more about that within the, the next couple of months. Yeah, easy. Sounds good. We'll keep an eye out. Um, I also wanted to ask super quick while we're on the topic of DBZ, because um, I know your PFP <laughs> is, it looks like Lord Freezer there. Um, what is, <laughs> yes, what, yes. It is, right? Yeah. What, what's your favorite, or what do you think is the best DBZ saga? Oh, man. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Oh. We got him. We rocked him. Let me, let me think about that one question. for a second. No stress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shook. I'm shook. <laughs> um... I think I was a big fan of like the like the Majin Buu saga. Like oh, it, it yeah. was pretty pretty re- like a pretty good one if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, and had some some solid content there. I I followed Super on and off, but I haven't I haven't followed a ton. You know what I mean? But like the the early Majin Buu saga went pretty hard. Quit stuffing your face! You're fat enough already. Let's go. Who have more hungry? Yeah, fair. Yeah, I've dropped. I dropped off after Margin Boo as well. I was trying to think that too. I, I like the Freezer Saga actually as well. I think oh, that one's pretty. Talking about, about Jungle Z. Yeah, uh, Freezer Saga had some good content. It's like are, are we forgetting enrage? the Gohan arc, y'all? Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, the Gohan the arc Gohan. went crazy too. Uh yes. But then he got kind of soft. You know, I don't. I don't know if I like the the Gohan like getting soft arc because you know, kind of like. Like he went, he went like J Cole, bro. He's like folding laundry and shit now. <laughs> I want to fold clothes for you. Gohan's gotten soft. He was a lot stronger when he was a little kid. It's absurd. Yeah, he's definitely slacked off. Well, at least he got straight A's on his report card. We're gonna ask, maybe go into the nitty gritty of the tri token stuff, but I think we're short on time, so maybe there could be an episode later I down just the line. Cut out all the Dragon Ball Z shit. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is what this is what I got to be for. <laughs> this is what the people are here for. Yeah, man. Uh, you don't watch Dragon Ball Z, Goose? No, no. I, you uh, never watched it? No. What did you watch, Goose? Did you watch anime at all? Uh, 
Pokemon, does that count? Uh, sort of. Yeah, okay. That's valid. Yeah, Pokemon then... counts-ish. Yeah, it's, like, it's like pretty mainstream anime. Yeah. Yeah, it was my first anime. You know they're getting rid of Ash? Yeah, I heard. Ash is... <laughs> Smokey is yeah. devastated. <laughs> yeah, they're getting rid of Ash. Yeah, they are. Ash is, Ash is done. He's hanging out with his going. Pokemon gloves. His trainer gloves. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's getting nuked, bro. Oh, he's still yeah. a trainer. He's not a master anymore. I think he. No, I think he. I think he just won the Pokemon. Oh, I might be spoiling it for the twelve-year-old uh, yeah. who listened to the Tiny Cast. <laughs> I think he won. Uh, <laughs> for the twelve-year-olds who are interested in decentralized finance and listening Down to this podcast, horrendous. it's a surprising crossover. It's time. I'll say goodbye then. A few questions for Smoke. I see Smoke. When rebase, dog? Yo, when rebase? Oh, that's a good question, dog. You know. This one might be a rebase that takes some time. I think that's sort of where we're at internally. Alpha! Alpha alert! I think that we want the next rebase slash the last one to be on the chain. I think that would be the ideal. So, you know, and the you chain. You said it was going to be baked bears? No, no, no. Baked bears was what we were, what I originally wanted to call the bong bears. And then Papa was like, nah, it's going to be the bong bears. I was like, you know what? But that's could right. be a rebase name. It could be. I, you know what? I, I I told the guys that we should make blown out bears. Like, you know, for, for just like everyone who got liquidated. <laughs> but, oh. I, you know, that might trigger some PTSD, you know? It's <laughs> uh, like a, a bear with like, you know, some really rough looking stubble staring at a monitor that's all red. You know, just number go down. Yeah, yeah a lot of Macca's bears oh. in their Macca's uniform. <laughs> exactly. Ba-da-bum, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we were going to maybe dig into the tri-token stuff and a bit of the mechanics, but we might save that for another episode because we are we have got plenty of content here. But I'm really curious to know some stuff. If, if you're happy to come back in the not-too-distant future, Smokey, can we, can we rule you in on that? Yeah, I can definitely do so, man. Just press you on live on air. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be sharing some more content in terms of um, perhaps slight evolutions of the, of the current model. Uh, and and what the tri-token structure will look like over time. I think that where it's at right now is is a pretty interesting place that involves a really healthy amount of game theory, and I think gives each of the tokens a very good reason to be there. You know, based on each person's sort of uh, I don't know if, uh, trading mindset, but just like value accrual mindset. So I think it should be should be pretty cool to see. And Smokey, for all those little bear boys and bear girls out there <laughs> who boys. were looking for some alpha for Christmas. Um, and waiting mm-hmm. for a particular announcement that I'm not sure has yeah, happened. because there was a rumor that there was going to be an announcement before the year closed out. We've only got about uh, about 14 hours left here in Australia before the year ends. Yeah, 12 in New Zealand. Yeah. So, is, is, that, oh, is wow. that true? The, the whispers of, of, a, of an announcement end of year? Uh, this won't be out by then. But I wish I could say as much, but not to my knowledge, boys. Disappointed! I think that, uh, um, you know, there will be some stuff to come in the early new year, but... I actually think that, and, and we were debating something before the break, um, I just think that now is perhaps the worst time to announce something because I think everyone's kind of sleepy, you know? Um, so, you know, we thought, you know, give people a little bit of time, come back from the break, get all energized and whatnot, you know, return to, to life as per usual, uh, and then perhaps we'll have uh, some more to share from there. Yeah, okay. Understandable, yeah. Fair. We'll keep waiting. We'll keep well, waiting. Speaking of Christmas, you <laughs> bought yourself a little bit of a Christmas present over the holidays. Yeah, oh me, yes. Nice new baby bears are the a Little baby, yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, congratulations, sir. Thank you, thank you. I'm very happy with it. I do like this one. It's holding a, it's holding since, a pot of flowers. Since the last podcast, my boy Dub got a OG eight. 
Oh yeah, oh, get flexed no. on shoes. <laughs> oh yeah, F-top, that's right. Fuck you, baby. Touch OG, didn't you? <laughs> F-top's got a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Juke. <laughs> yeah, no, congrats. That's funny. That's crazy. Congrats, F-top. Thank you, sir. The glitch bear. I know you had your eye on that for a while. Yes, sir. It is the it's a glitch. Shout out to No Sleep. Shout out to No Sleep. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the first guy who wrote Ooga Booga Bonga Bearer in the Bearer Discord has a Bong Bear as his profile picture, but he's no longer in the server anymore. Oh, oh, really? interesting. Oh. Yeah. Really? Wait, who was it? His name was Drippy Bearer. Drippy Bearer. Wait, fuck. Oh, wait, Drippy Bearer was my old account. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Drippy. Look at this. This is a ghostwriter. <laughs> Drippy Bearer was. Ah, shit. Maybe I did make Ooga Booga <laughs> <laughs> the oh, science no. runs so deep in this chain, guys. <laughs> oh my god! Because I know I, I know I didn't come up with Bera, but then I saw that. Oh man, Bera was a guy called Yamanos. Is that you as well? It sounds Greek. No, I got no idea who Yamanos was. That's really fucking funny, though. <laughs> Trippy Bera. Oh, that's a bit of a bit of history funny. for you. I didn't know that. That's yeah. absolutely that's hilarious. Yeah. Too many pseudonyms. He's, he's elusive. Truly, like smoke. Truly, all the different yeah. personalities. Smokey Bankman fired as well. Smokey Bankman. <laughs> 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 <Smokey> Bank- <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You're listening to the Honeycast. I did have another quick question because I know this is something you've been working on pretty much every day, I think, for at least recent history that I'm aware of. I was just wondering if there's been any updates or innovations to your grilled chicken recipe. Oh, the grilled chicken recipe. You know, I'm a, I'm a man of consistency. Um, I, was, yes. I, was, I was on FaceTime with a friend who's vegetarian the other day while I, was, uh, while I was making my chicken, and she was like, wait, I actually want to try some now. That sounds really good. And I'm like, no, oh. fuck you. And... <laughs> 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 And uh, but no, the, the the recipe is the same, sir. I've, I've I've got it down to my my Colonel Smokey's you know secret blend of herbs and spices. <laughs> that just sounds but not not that secret, really. <laughs> what do you eat with the chicken? Uh, I'm a big chicken and rice and, and broccoli guy. I'm a, a man of, of simple tastes, but I just know how to make it good. And then you know, if you want to make the rice kind of spicy, you can throw in. I, like, you know what? I'm I'm honestly kind of a whore for some chipotle style rice, like some some bay leaves and some cilantro lime and all that good stuff. When you get served fun. a meat and vegetable dish, do you have to separate your meat and vegetables so they don't touch each other? I, I have not reached that level of autism. One day, one day I might get there, but I'm not that I'm not that far gone yet. <laughs> I see where you're going. I <laughs> one of my good friends is though, and he's like, "Listen, bro, if the meat and the vegetables touch, or if the meat and the carbs touch, it's done. I'm not touching it. It's over. <laughs> Throw it out." Yeah, I'm no. like, I'm "Like the fuck is wrong with you?" It's what Drippy Bear always says. <laughs> <laughs> Drippy Bear refuses. <laughs> but actually goose was a little concerned because i was trying to explain to him that like, you cook it on like a george form i know we're going deep into this I'll, I'll wrap this segment up pretty soon but like you cook it on like a george Foreman grill vibe right that's what you're cooking your chicken yeah 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 he wor- yeah, yeah he was worried about salmonella i mean like Dr. if it's goose. like a barbecue type thing it'd be fine no yeah. don't worry don't worry because your boy has a um has a meat thermometer and he always checks oh. that it's reached an internal temperature of 165 degrees fahrenheit before taking it off the grill ah. Never should yeah. doubt it. Yeah, all right. You don't fade this BD. Come on. <laughs> There's not really zero fucking around here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a science. <laughs> oh, I it's love my, it. my latent oh. scientific background coming into play for fucking chicken making boys. 
<laughs> gotta distribute the heat. The Walter White of grilled chicken. Like you read about, eh? Like you read about. No more stuff about the bong bears. I don't want the. I don't want people buying them up. You yeah, know, yeah, Mama yeah. Land and keep that digits shit. and all them already. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah that that stuff is also really cool it's exciting to see some of the community um and just broadly folks i think um diving into whatever they can on the on like the the nft utility side right like just finding more cool ways to to do good stuff for the bears um i think we all had a a good amount of fun with with putty and sort of call and put options in the past um i think we did quite a bit on pseudo as well um and now i think that the llamaland guys are doing some really cool stuff too so uh, i think it's just it's awesome to see people using that for, to to their advantage, and also people who are on the supply side being able to, I think, relatively handsomely profit from it as well. Like it just generally seems like wins all around. So uh, I'm I'm really happy to see it uh, continuing. So yeah, like you know, good community community resources, uh, and I hope that those only continue to expand in the future. And I've had conversations with a couple of other you know pretty cool NFT five protocols um, that I think will be nice additions to the fray as well that want to do cool stuff with the bears because I think there's become a little bit of a um, you know, reputation for uh, our willingness to be uh, almost like a, a prototype collection at times uh, and or just the community's, you know, sort of rather unique DeFi slash NFT Fi crossover, right? Like, I don't think that there are many as many groups uh, that have their eyes on on both applications, if you will, and are willing to, to try to do cool stuff with that. So I think that's also kind of really, you know, unique crossroads that we stand at. So what he's saying is, hold on to your bears, boys. <laughs> we'll buy more. Hold on to your bears. Check out the pools. Make uh, make as much use of them as you can. I think they're they're awesome resources, and I, I love to see the community, you know, pumping them out. Yeah, Tom. So there could be more use cases for these NFTs. Good JPEGs. I like them. Yeah, <laughs> we like the art. We like the art. We do like the art. It is great art. But in saying that, I don't know, you were talking about NFT utility. Is there anything you can leak about the possible utility of the bears on bearer chain? Is there anything we can announce there or still hush hush? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't think there's much I can say officially there. Um, I can say okay. that, you know, there will very likely be a large, you know, migration event, you know, perhaps uh, the March of the Bears or something of the sort, uh, in which we have the bears heading over from, from ETH to bearer chain. Um, and perhaps there'll be some advantages to be able, you know, actually doing so and, and bridging those bears over. Um, that's, uh, that's probably about all I can say for now. But I think good art, good JPEGs. So you mentioned how Oak Sammy from Redacted Cartel is also the, uh, you know, working on Bear Chain now. Yeah. His Twitter is called Busan Cutter at Bear Chain. And according to one of his tweets, he said, and I quote, Honey fills a hole in the cosmos eco dot 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 never mind it'll all make sense soon do you have any comment on that you know i think that one's not too hard to to grasp there man you know like basically the cosmos ecosystem is lacking a i say uniting stable coin at the moment especially a decentralized stable right i think there will be interesting stuff on the more centralized side with um you know usdc chain and stuff like that in the not too far future but there is a massive hole that was left by by ust and i think that there is one that can effectively be filled by a coin like honey Honey. you know ideally with with more sustainable tokenomics um and then perhaps a little bit less reflexivity there and uh and less slash no endogenous assets uh, as backing. But you, you know what I'm getting at, right? I think that there's a, there's a world where we'd love to have Honey as the, you know, the default slash the go-to stable within the Cosmos Eco uh, and in a not-too-far future all across EVM as well. I think that you know, perhaps with the exception of DAI, 
Like, I, I don't think that there is an incredibly dominant uh, decentralized stable at the moment. So, you know, I think that there's a, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a lot of honey that can flow in the future. All he could think about was honey. So I think Sammy was probably alluding towards that. Um, as for Boson Cutter, I got no fucking clue. I, th- I just think that sounds cool. So I'm, I'm with him on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool name. Okay. I also probably should have asked you before we wrapped up recording, is there anything you want to say? Is there anything you'd ah, like to announce? Final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Because yeah, what if Smokey's oh. like, oh, I was going to mention oh. this amazing thing, but decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I think that like, you know, I think that the the thing that I'd encourage people to think about is like, you know, and then perhaps this goes a little bit of a shill for the accelerator slash whatever we're building, but is is to think a little bit about what the what the real use cases for crypto slash DeFi slash on chain activity are. Like, what is the reason that we're pursuing stuff in an on chain world, and what are the things that that crypto allows to happen better than than anything else? Right? Is it uh, there's a few theses that I hold personally that I think many folks who've you know heard me in in the you know bear chain discord uh, VC have probably heard around um, you know making certain relatively liquid assets liquid around the speed and velocity of capital and and you know and in some cases spicy GoFundMe's and so on and so forth you know there's certain access to liquidity so on and so forth for for even you know traditionally more liquid assets but I guess yeah that's what I encourage people to do like especially in this next cycle it's like uh, like, like, listen, I, I love a Ponzi as much as the next guy. It's a lot of fun building uh, slash, you know, taking part in these protocols. I think we've all had our time in the rodeo. I just think that uh, in the macro to come, even as greed returns and fear diminishes, you know, there'll have to be a, a greater degree of reality built there, right? So so maybe it's an ohm fork built on top of T-bills that are tokenized for all I know. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is that identifying an, an element of reality and a real degree of PMF, I think is going to be wildly more important in the next cycle to come. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to meet builders and, and founders in general, or people with ideas who want to be able to lean into that uh, and use it to its, its greatest potential, right? So we love games, but we also love games that have a, a really cool underlying purpose that can ideally move the space forward as whole. So I'm looking forward to all that kind of stuff. So if that sounds like you, a friend, you know, your ex, whatever it is, send them my way and, uh, and we'll make things happen. Yeah, lovely. Awesome. When Rari for bong bears, I want to be able to deposit my bear, <laughs> oh, loan money, buy another bear, deposit that. <laughs> stacking salmon, I think, is going to do a bit of that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, go well. I think there will be some protocols that allow for... Uh, and, and, like, to be fair, right? I think right now some people are kind of 9-9-ing with Llama Lund, aren't they? Mm, yeah. I could be wrong, but I think they are. Uh, like, I heard someone was telling me That's that they, they deposited, <laughs> you know, they... Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, they, they borrowed to buy more bears and yeah, rinse and repeat, right? Um, if one timed that around went an airdrop, well. effectively. Could... Went perfectly last time. <laughs> Digits alone all Listen, the bears. Listen, there's no way it can go tits up. Yeah, nothing can go wrong. Yeah, DeFi is a zoo. I, like, listen, I'm, I'm bullish on protocols that involve animals. Like, Llama Land, good protocol, right? B2 options, seems like a good protocol to me. Bearadrome, bears with bikes, ridiculous, right? I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> There's a, I'm sure there are tons that I'm missing, but yeah, you, you got me. So what are the chances we get Papa on here, right? Mm. Oh, we can we can make Papa up here. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, we can get Papa because Papa's so elusive. Like I, I, I feel like I haven't seen him in years. That's what I'm saying. I'm some father vibes. <laughs> Papa's been in the trenches. Wrap it up. Yeah, I think, yeah, we got, we got so much. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Smokey, for jumping on. It's the episode we've been waiting to do. So 
yeah, he didn't disappoint. You were awesome. <laughs> Cheers, guys. You're, you're too kind. Happy to be on and help out in any way I can. And I uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time and making this happen. For sure. Love you, Smokey Dog. For sure. I'm Kizzy. This podcast was an Ooga Booga production. See you on the next one. Little end credit scene. Every time Smokey or the team comes on, we have to have a little <laughs> Avengers-esque teaser. Smokey, do you say copy paste or copy pasta? Oh, I'm a big copy pasta guy. Definitely copy pasta. pasta. I think, yeah. From fat the man fat, himself. Fat 50 <laughs> Finally, eh? <laughs> but Drippy Bear says pasta. Ah, oh, fucking Drippy Bear. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs>